Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kyle. How are you today? I am well, and you? I'm doing well. Are you ready for, for the big day? I am ready for the big day, as ready as I'm going to be. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty, I mean, well, I guess by the time uh, this broadcast... It, it will be the big day. It will be the big day. That's right. Uh, I would love to tell everyone that I'm sitting here in my jolly Santa suit and uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas live on Christmas Day, but I'm not. So, uh, But Merry that. Christmas anyway. Yes, all of that. Not, and, and I'm not in a Santa suit. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but we did have Santa at the uh, holiday market. We did, and man, that turned out well. It did, especially with all the rain. Yeah, it was pouring down rain, but we had a big tent with heaters, and um, a, a, we had a couple of vendors that showed up the morning of the holiday market, and they were like, yeah, we would have canceled if we could have. But by the end of the day, they said they were glad that they were there, that they had made good money, and they were they were glad that they were there. Yeah, I was happily surprised when I stopped by how many people were there. Yeah, it was. It, there were a couple of times when the little parking area was completely uh, packed, and um, a couple of vendors sold out of stuff that they didn't think they would, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think it hurt a bit that Republic Restoratives and D.C. Brow and that Right prob- Proper were there. Yeah, that probably didn't hurt. That yeah. made people a little more jolly and... Yeah. and, and Willing to deal with the kids running around and, and all of that. Oh, and, and the kids running around. There was, uh, you know, there was a couple of great performances by District Dance Arts, um, and and they're little happy dancers doing a holiday themed presentation. It was great. Um, I think it's a thing now, so that's good. The holiday market is now a thing, and so people sort of look forward to that. Yeah, it's it, rain, shine, you know, hurricane. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 people were truly shopping for those last minute gifts. That's you know those are the great things that we had there. Lots of, um, lots of jewelry, uh, bath soaps and lotions and potions, and Langdonwood syrup was there. And the DC uh, made in DC T-shirts, uh, oh, Ballywick, B- Bailwick, Bailwick, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I mean the the there were some great. Pearl Fine Tees was there. Zeke's mm-hmm. was there. Um, so lots of lots of good sales happened. Lots of supporting of small businesses here in D.C. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and gosh, uh, this means New Year's Eve is right around the corner. And uh, Public Option is once again having their New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can visit um, Public Option on their Facebook page. I think it's Public Option D.C. or the Public Option Something like that, you can find it. Yeah, and, just, and be safe in the neighborhood. If you don't want to go out far, it's just a great place to go yeah, and chill out. Yeah, you know, and they brew all their own beer there, so uh, it's all uh, high-quality stuff. Um, they've gotten, um, I think we've talked about this before, they've gotten a couple of new bartenders in there that are uh, a little little bit more inclined towards mixology, so mm. they've got some fancy... Uh, some fancy mixes. Some fancy drinks going on there in addition to their beer and wine. Uh, and uh, I know that they'll they'll be having some special stuff happening for New Year's, um, so we'll look for. I I will be there for New Year's Eve. 
You will? I think I will. Ah, yeah, okay. We, we've been for the last couple of years. All so. right. Very good. So we'll do that again. Um, and uh, so looking forward into some of our January podcasts, we're going to do some retrospectives on touch base on what happened in, in 2017. Uh, 2018. 2018. <laughs> look at me. Uh, and what we can look ahead uh, towards for 2019. Um, and we've got a great guest to talk to today. Um, but first, as always, we want to thank our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is their grant dollars to us that helps us produce this show and provide all of the services and assistance to the um, small businesses up and down the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street Corridor. Uh, so thank you to DHCD and DSLBD. Um, so let's let's dive in. So yeah. We've got... Um, this neighborhood is full of interesting people. It really is. Interesting and talented people. Yep. All over the board, interesting and talented. And, uh, and little pockets of people doing things that you wouldn't just, I don't know. You wouldn't think, hey, my neighbor does this. Yeah. 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 Um, so today we are welcoming uh, one such interesting individual uh, Nicole Harkin from uh, from the here in the neighborhood. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. So, um, you've got like a gazillion things going on, and all interesting. And um, so, you are not only an author, but you're um, a podcast maven. Oh, I like that <laughs> podcast maven. <laughs> uh, and and you've got some. Uh, so and you're a photographer as well. I am a local photographer. Yep, families. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, so seen... you have many jobs. Many. My son's so cute. He's like, Mom, you have four jobs. Dad only has one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like that? <laughs> yes, I work hard, son. Overachievers unite. Uh, so let's we'll, we'll start off by talking about your book, uh, Tilting, a Memoir. Sure. My book came out um, a little more than a year ago, and um, it took me a very long time to write. Uh, it chronicles my childhood growing up in Montana. Um, My mother was a flight attendant. My father was a pilot. And um, when I went to college, my father um, had one of the first MRSA infections and Hmm. got very sick and almost died. And we came together as a family and cohesed and became better people. And he woke up and realized he was living the wrong life. (laughs) And he left our family. Um, and so that's kind of where the book starts, is, is this jumping off. But at the end of the day, it ends up being a story about resilience and how can four siblings turn out in the midst of so much drama. So that's, yeah, the book in a nutshell. Wow, so you've sort of been preparing for this book your whole life. <laughs> I kind of feel that way. My mother passed away um, 18 years ago, and I had told her to write a book about everything that happened with Dad, and after she passed away, looking in her wallet, I found a note that she said, uh, had written down that I had told her, Mom, everybody has a story. You should write yours. And so I was like, oh, she never had the chance to do hers. I should try, not realizing it would be this epic production. So, yeah. So this is something that you went to school for or you didn't go to school for? No, um, I studied political science in undergrad and, you know, moved to D.C. to work for my senator a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, and then I went to law school um, and then I realized right away at law school I didn't want to be a lawyer. Mm, we hear that a lot lately. I know, right? So very expensive foray into what I don't <laughs> want to do. So yeah, so that's um, wow. Yeah. So how long how long did it 
take you to write? I mean, obviously you were living the story your whole life, but once you decided to sit down and, and put pen to paper, how, how, how did that work? So I took, it probably took three years of full-time work, um, or, you know, working on it very intensely, not full-time. Um, but I took a lot of classes through Stanford online. They have our online writer studio. Hmm. And so I took a number of classes there that really helped me learn the craft of writing, learn about writing, um, and that actually kind of segues nicely into my podcast <laughs> about <laughs> online education. So that, 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 that's where I um, really learned the craft of writing was through this online writer's program that I worked on at night, you know, on the weekends mm-hmm. when I wasn't at my full-time job. Well, let's go into the podcast. Yeah, what's the podcast? Sure. So um, with my good friend, um, Dr. Kim Oaks, we um, received funding to do a podcast about online education and governance because there's a lot of different ways that online education is happening. Um, Everybody kind of, you start talking about it like, oh, yeah, I took a class or, oh, yeah, I looked at YouTube to learn how to do something or, (laughs) oh, I took a MOOC. And there's no governance around how these classes, how the teachers are being treated, how the students, what the students can expect from a class. Um, And, you know, we see this with, you know, universities closing overnight, students not getting any money back, having never actually met anybody at their university. Um, So we were interested in exploring this, not only what kinds of online education is there out there, how can that actually be very helpful to many students who can't get to a school, um, in D.C. right now, I know for sure there's one full-time online charter school um, where the kids are at home going to school from K to 12. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I think it's Friendship Pre- Public Charter School. Um, oh, my kids went to an actual Friendship oh, okay. campus. I didn't know that they did an online yeah. uh, class. Um, I think they all switched, actually. They Interesting. Sold their oh, um, really? That's my understanding. Okay. I, all right. Um, so... Um, Anyway, it's, it's this blossoming thing. Why? What's going on with that? How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to govern it? How are we going to make sure that the kids are being educated? How do you make sure that the kid who says he's sitting in front of the computer is that kid? So we wanted to interview lots of different people. Um, in our, we're currently releasing on Monday um, episode five, and we have three more episodes. And the last one will be very interesting about the future of online education where we look at Watson at IBM and how textbooks are being changed to be um, interactive with students mm-hmm. um, and help them learn where they can see there's deficiencies. So anyway, that's the, the, the podcast. So it's a limited series? That's right. There's six episodes, although my husband made fun of me because we had to split a couple into two. So he's like, it's an education podcast and you can't count. <laughs> 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 but yes, no. So at the end of the day, it's about 10 episodes. Okay. And the last one should come out on New Year's Day. All right. And, and where can people listen to this uh, podcast? You can find it anywhere. But our website is projectungoverned.com. And um, yeah, it's available at all, all podcast platforms. So I listened to a couple of, of episodes. I haven't gotten a chance to get all of them listened to, but that's you know part of my holiday <laughs> list of things yes, to do. Yes, um, and you y'all dive deep. I mean, it's there. There's a lot of uh, um, uh, educational wonkiness, and I say that affectionately. I mean, it's it's this isn't just a oh you know we should give people credit for um, just downloading the podcast you you dive deep into into the pros and cons and and how to how to make these things count well and it's interesting because kim my um 
fellow producer, she is a PhD in education from Oxford, and I previously worked in good government um, for lots of nonprofits in D.C. and for the federal government. Um, so I think that we end up being a good balance of that kind of wonkiness, deep dive, because um, this really is something that everybody is involved in. I mean, I know at my school, we have a platform where we get pictures of the kids. Well, that's online education. And um, we did speak to the woman who was the former data protection um, person at DCPS. I think they've hired a new person, but she was the first one. And just talking things that I hadn't thought of, like how am I going to keep my personal child's data secure at school? Is my school thinking about data security? Well, I would hope everyone is thinking about data security with all the breaches. <laughs> but there are areas of the world that you don't realize data is reaching into mm -hmm, almost, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, where where are some some trends in online education that you think that that we can look forward to seeing? Oh well, I mean it's exploding for sh first. I mean there's just more and more options and opportunities. You know, um, Starbucks you can go to school at ASU online for free. I think if you're a full time student, uh, full time employee. Um, I know um, you know I think Chick Fil A has a different program. There are lots of different companies that are seeing that they can couple online education with their employees working, which I think is a, a really neat option. Um, it's interesting to see a charter school online, and I wonder if there will be more online charter schools. I can't imagine that. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm... I was really apprehensive yeah. about yeah. online schools. I was like, oh, Kim, come on. It's like, it's not really. And she was like, no, it's really helpful. Like, think about the child in Africa who can't get to oh. school. Or the child, um, you know, who's disabled. Who's sick or yeah, something, disabled. yes. I hadn't even, you know, my limited I, thinking. Um, that is very funny. Yeah, you do think in a limited, like, I think about kids playing and, and interacting with each other. And I think that... That needs to happen. Right. But if you're in a situation where that can't happen, then right. this is perfect. One of the innovative programs that we did uh, speak to is a, they're um, out of Spain, and they're helping entrepreneurs online. And they'll help an entrepreneur anywhere in the world as long as you speak French, Spanish, or English. And it's a mentoring program, which I think is so great, which would relate to the Rhode Island Avenue, to have a mentor. And they have, like, a specific system. They pair you up with a mentor. And they have a system that you go through where they help you do your business plan and be realistic and bounce ideas back and forth and kind of get to the uh, area where you can launch. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another one that's profiled in the podcast, of course. Yep, yep I remember. Oh, Bridges for Billions. Yeah, Bridges for Billions. Hmm. Okay. I, re I remember listening to that concept and thinking that that was uh, a pretty amazing concept and how the heck could we do that here. Um, so we're – stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're thinking about <laughs> it. So the podcast, the writing, tell us a little bit about the photography. Oh, sure. So um, years ago, you know, I got into photography, and then I was working at my full-time government job and was less than happy. So I decided to start a small business taking pictures of families. And it has just been delightful to meet all of these different families. Um, really, without, like, the local listservs, my business wouldn't thrive at all. Like, it's absolutely amazing. Um, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn listserv is wonderful. The Moms on the Hill listserv. Um, Woodridge, which isn't super active, but it's, they're lovely, too. Um, the Facebook page is more active. I, and uh, Nextdoor.com. They're more yes, active. Yes, the Nextdoor, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I take pictures of families um, on the weekends, uh, usually a half an hour or an hour-long session. Um, I'm really interested in my pricing being affordable for every family, and I'm also interested in my clients receiving all of the pictures. So I'm, I'm, my business plan is a little bit different. I give the clients all of the pictures, all of the digital images, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some photographers have you sell them, have you buy them individually. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Th- that is a great concept because, you know, it, some people like one picture over right. another and then you can pick exactly. and choose what you want at that point. Well, and pictures on my hard drive just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So anyway, that's, that's been my business plan. And, of course, other people do it differently, and that's absolutely fine for them. Well, uh, that's uh, – do you keep something for a portfolio, or do you get permission to do – um, I mean, oh. That would be the only reason to keep anything, really. Oh, well, okay, so uh, I went to law school, right? So um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, yeah I said. No, so the, um, I'm giving them the right to use the pictures. The pictures They're still are, yours. Yeah, I still mm-hmm. own the copyright. I haven't, I'm not selling the copyright to individuals. I mean, gotcha. if you want to buy them, anybody, <laughs> let so, me know. So you were a copyright uh, lawyer wannabe. No, well, <laughs> I don't even she know. She said she doesn't want to be a lawyer. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> But I do understand how that works. But yeah, no, no. So on the weekends, families in just different settings, whether right. it be their home, out and about in the city. Sure. Um, the Arboretum is always a lovely place to take pictures. Yeah, you've got to get an appointment. Yeah. Um, and then the um, Hyattsville, the new um, polka dot oh, parks are so cute. Yeah. There's a super place. I mean, you see people taking pictures there all the yeah, time. Yeah. But that's been really a nice addition. Um, and there's so many cute little pocket parks, actually, all over the city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so you'll pretty much go anywhere that, yeah. that anyone wants to yeah. go. Yeah, pretty flexible. So, Nicole, getting back to your writing a little bit. So you had, uh, and I, are you a writer now? Or are we working on something else? And where are you going to get your next idea? Sure. No, I have my next idea. I have 30,000 words of my next idea. Oh, wow. It's a, a mystery set in Berlin. I lived in Berlin for two years. Oh. And um, it's a murder mystery. So... Yeah, the new year is the time to sit down and get that done. Okay, so all you, right. Do you take part in the, was it? NaNoWriMo. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> NaNoWriMo. What, what is that? I'm not familiar. National Write a Novel in a Month. And ah, so it's November. Okay. And they have um, groups, and you can sign up. And the idea, actually, is just to sit your butt down and write that book in a month. Um, they're actually... Um, the uh, the Night Circus was written as a NaNoWriMo book, hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so I have n- I have intentions to participate, but November is kind of a hard month because that's when I'm really busy. Yeah. Because that's when people want their holiday pictures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's never really lined up. I mean, I would do like, what would it be, Nano Mayo or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like the concept a lot. Well, I like that you're um, going. You're not sticking to one genre of book. Right, it, yeah. It, yeah, that's that's great. So you plan to continue writing and, and keep going. Well, I hope so. Okay. Fingers crossed. That's great. And how did you get your book published? I mean, you didn't go to school for this. You, you sure. Yeah. And that was part of the learning uh, process. So my um, publisher is Black Rose Writing. They're out of Texas. So um, oh. I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on a <laughs> bunch of different um, groups and listservs and. You know, the advice I got was to put together your, to publish a memoir, you have to have it written. So first write your book. (laughs) And then you have to put together a a proposal and you mail it out to different agents. Um, 
there are now kind of hybrid hybrid publishers where you don't need an agent to be published by them. They're smaller, uh, more intimate. So that's actually, um, they, they ended up wanting to publish my book. So I was like, great. Um, we, the election had just happened, and I spoke to one of my mentors, and she said, you should definitely, if somebody wants to publish your book, publish your book. <laughs> so I did, yeah. And Black Rose has been great. Um, I had the cover designed myself um, through 99 um, Designs, which is a platform where you can put the specs in for what kind of graphic help you need, and people um, do you know do mock-ups for you. And so um, the young man who did my um, cover, I think he lives in Bulgaria. So, is this a, a picture of, of you and your family? Yeah, it's, the cover is a picture of my family um, at the Santa Monica Pier. It's all four of us. We, my grandmother had taken us on a train ride down there. Oh, nice! And I loved how we were kind of looking off into the future. I also love the water because the the idea was that our family was kind of in a boat tilting, and we were just about to capsize. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And then, yeah, and then. Read the book. You write, yeah, and then read the book, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we write it this ship. And so the book has been well-received? Yeah, I've gotten really great reviews. It won a gold award um, and um, an, uh, an award out of uh, Great Britain. And um, I, have, I think I have like 4.9 or 4.83 stars out of five. I'm not checking every day. On Amazon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this morning. <laughs> at 5.03 At 5.03, that's right. That's wonderful. Yeah. No, well, I'll have to get one and get it signed by the oh, yeah, uh, say this happily. is my name. Yes, yeah. this is my sign. I, no, I'm not going to take yours. It even has my name. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, we All do right. have a little free library in front of our house. Um, you know, I wondered if you lived at that house. Yeah. We, we're, we live right down the street yep. from one another. Yes. And um, so there's somebody in the neighborhood who's the lone book ranger. Have you heard about this? No. So they go around at the holidays and they put wrapped books that say from the Lone Book Ranger into little free libraries. Ah. And I, I may have copied their idea a little bit and wrapped That's up okay. some of my books and put them in different books. Oh, so nice. Maybe I'll find Merry one. Christmas to someone. <laughs> they have a Twitter handle, but I have no idea who it is. They oh. just appear. That's nice. really cute, Fantastic. isn't it? And it's not you. Huh? It's not me. Oh. Well, it is now because she's copied the idea, and that's okay. I think that's that right? imitation I, is imitation the, is the su- su- sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And in the Main Street program, we call that rip off and duplicate the, uh. the road model, and, <laughs> and we always do it uh, because there's no sense in us re- reinventing, reinventing the wheel. The wheel. Yeah. We, we all share our information with other Main Streets. So, absolutely. Rip off and well, look at this. We have a uh, triple threat in the in the neighborhood now. <laughs> I, I don't that. know that we've had that before, but we have a, the photographer, the author, the podcaster. Oh, but wait, you. there's more. Oh, oh, that's right. There is more. There's more. Do I was um, biking? at the Arboretum a couple weeks ago hiking along, and this woman says to me, are you the D.C. family biking lady? And I looked at her. I just kind of looked around. I was like, uh, well, yeah, I am the D.C. family biking lady. And she's like, oh, I recognized you because of your glasses. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I have these sunglasses that have white rims that I got at a truck station. <laughs> like, they're not even great. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, DC Family Biking on Facebook. We have about 1,700 members. Um, you might have seen me in the neighborhood riding around on this gigantic bike with my kids on the back or on the gigantic bike with my kids biking next to me on their own bikes because we're really into the biking thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I – a couple years ago, saw somebody with these gigantic bikes, and I told my husband about it, and he was like, oh, really? Are we going to do this? 
<laughs> and we're going to be those people. <laughs> we're going to be those people. So he doesn't. Uh, we were biking a couple weeks ago, and Oscar goes, "We're a f- my son. We're a family biking family, aren't we?" And I was like, "Yeah, we are." He goes, "Except for Dad, he doesn't like to bike, does he?" <laughs> like, no, he doesn't actually. But so we're almost a whole family biking. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you have two children. Two children. And, yeah. and tell us about th- this bike. What what got you into biking? Because so, I understand. This is not like a normal bike. No, this is not. My bike has electric assist. Um, and in addition to me, I'm not a small person. It can carry up to 440 pounds. So um, I've taken it to the Costco and filled it up with, you know, stuff. So um, imagine wow. a regular bicycle with an extra long back. So children or adults, I've taken Brent to the Metro, <laughs> um, can sit on the back of it. And um, the E-Assist really helps with that one hill, Monroe. That one hill, Monroe. That is a brutal hill. Uh, It's a brutal (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, But these bikes come in all different shapes and sizes. Some of them with the bucket in the front. That's a Bach feet. That's from the Netherlands. Um, And then some of them have buckets actually in the back instead of in the front. A Madsen. So, you you can go real deep into this really quick. But the easiest form of family biking is just to take the bike that you bike on all the time. Um, and put your child, usually kids can start biking on a bike um, with you around one. What The most important thing is net control. And you just get a bike seat that goes on the back of your bike or one that goes on your handlebars. And I tell you, it has been so much fun with the kids because we can talk, we see people, we wave. Of course, we're kind of like something strange to look at. <laughs> Especially if you've been to Costco. Yeah, I was so proud of myself, though. <laughs> 240 yeah, rolls of toilet paper yes, and your yes. kids on the You have to be really strategic about what you do <laughs> yes, buy at you Costco. Get, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, so um, and Costco does have bike racks, just FYI. They're around the oh, side is that right? a little bit. Yeah. And that's something I would think they would not have because who on earth would need a bike to go to Costco? Nicole. Yeah. Nicole, that's yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, with the ESS, that, you know, the hill. And you have a big bucket, you said, and it's going to hold 440 pounds. Well, I have two side bags, two okay. panniers that are actually rather large. <laughs> yeah, those so, are so you started this Facebook group uh, for DC Family Bike. I did. So uh, my brother lives in Seattle, and they're a Seattle family biking. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if we had one of those here? And then I was like, huh, the light bulb. So I just started it on Facebook, and over um, three or four years, we're up to, yeah, 1,700 members. Anybody can join. We're very inclusive. If your family just is a dog, I don't care. Great. Come on. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun, and um, we have lots of different members from WABA, and then we kind of all know each other because we have these bikes. Now, do you, you all know? do, like, meetups and things? We've done one bike ride, uh-huh. and the little girl was like, maybe we'll do it again sometime. <laughs> And I was like, ah. Um, so we did one at the Arboretum where we biked around the Arboretum, just kind of an easy. Um, they had the food trucks there one day, um, which was lovely. Um, and Gearing Up Cycles came, um, which is just down the MBT, um, a great nonprofit in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, almost, I guess, neighborhood adjacent. Uh, <laughs> what is it called? Really Gearing Up Cycles. So they teach young men how to um, repair bicycles. And yeah. part of the training is you get to repair your own bicycle, so you get a bike. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's right along the MBT um, at, is that V Street? Yeah, um, yeah. V and 5th-ish yeah. area. Yeah. And you can also go there and buy your bikes, and they'll tune up your bike for you. They'll do everything for your bike. Um, so they came and helped us with our bikes that day. But we'd like to do another ride um, from Hyattsville North. So... We'll see. Okay. That sounds Because there's great. a nice bike trail there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Northeast Branch Trail. Right. 
when I worked at University of Maryland, I rode my bike up Northeast Branch Trail right. to around, uh, what is that, Lake Artemisia? Yeah, yeah, it's really pretty. Great ride. Great it's a random lake in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I think that's uh, where they dug out uh, everything for um, for Phil for the tracks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> the winter tracks, but, but they made a very nice little lake out of it. Oh, that's, that's cool. actually got little fish in it. I see people fishing. Oh. Um, and tons of great wildlife. That's one of the things that I love about biking is is that you are going at a pace that allows you to actually see nature around you. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, one foggy morning, I was uh, tearing down the road, the trail to the to the university, and came around the the corner of the trail where it goes around the end of the college park oh, yeah, airport, yeah. right into a herd of deer oh, that were wow. grazing there, and um, just barely got braked in time because they all just stood there and looked at me like hey hey what are you doing here in our spot <laughs> yeah yeah well um, we have a lot of neighborhood neighborhood deer these days yes. oh gosh yes 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 tons yeah. of neighborhood deer hanging out in the alley yeah yeah we've had uh hoof prints in our yard mm-hmm. we walking the dog one night uh at the corner of i think it's 26th and newton there's a there's a, a house there that nobody lives in. The fence is kind of torn down a little bit, and um, they, there was they're a, chilling. There were five or six of them in the backyard, yeah. moving around. It was, it was great. The dog freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, oh my god, those are the biggest squirrels I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole, where can our listeners find you to find out about all of uh, your stuff? Sure. Well, um, the podcast is projectungoverned.com. Um, you can definitely check it out there anywhere you find your podcast to join the Facebook group. It's DC family biking. Um, and you just search for that on Facebook. That's the easiest way. Um, you can read the first chapter of my book, um, at tilting a memoir.com. Um, and of course you can buy it there. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Uh, yes. Your oh, photography. my photography. <laughs> yeah. What else do uh, I do? You, you take pictures. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nicole Harkin.com. So, um, yeah. And I think the, like this time of year is perfect with family in from out of town to do the last minute photo shoot. So definitely I'm flexible. (laughs) Well, Nicole, thanks so much for taking time to visit with us in your, in your mini busy schedule. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, everyone have a a happy holiday, a safe and happy, happy holiday and happy new year. And um, we'll see you next year. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye.